0: Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word and to help build your kingdom. Father, we thank you that your word is true, is tested, and Father, your word is speaking to each one of us. So, Father, I thank you for your anointing on me to be able to to speak clearly and distinctly to deliver what's on your heart with, with accuracy, excellence, and boldness. And Father, I declare that every ear is anointed to hear and every heart is anointed to receive the precious seed of the Word of God. Amen. Um, you know, a lot of people were happy to see 2020 go because 2021 was going to be so much better. And people were happy to see 2021 go because 2022 has got to be better. I'm here to tell you that it may not be that way. Now, it can be for you. If you pay attention, if you get close to God and close to His Word, but if you pay attention to the world, I I just have a sense that things are going to even get worse before they get better. But they are going to get better. What we need to do is not grow weary in doing what we're supposed to be doing. And that's the title. That was, actually, this is part two. Last week was Don't Grow Weary, part one. This is Don't Grow Weary, part two. Second Timothy, chapter three. And in Second Timothy, chapter three, it says, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Anybody notice that we're in perilous times? There, there are things going on that you know. A few years ago, I wouldn't have dreamed would be, would be, we'd be facing right now. And then it goes on for a few verses, telling us some of the things that are happening that you can see on the news every day. If you're, you know, I don't, I don't uh, advise watching the news, but it's, it's there. Now we do watch some news, but uh, we, we really don't uh, dig into it like a lot of people do. And it goes on and and talks about these things. But then down in verse 10, it says, But you, but you, no matter what else is going on, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. And it goes on about those things. And then again, down in verse 14, after it talks about these evil men and imposters there are a few evil men and imposters running around the earth today. Uh, some of them are making laws. Some of them need to get voted out. But it's verse 14. No matter what all that is going on, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Now, last week, we talked about not growing weary. Don't give up. And that's really, that's, that's the theme. Don't give up. And, and when you know who you are and what you have at your disposal, it's easy not to give up. But that has to be up high in your, in your thoughts that are, that you're entertaining. Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not grow weary in doing, while doing good, for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. The problem most people have is due season isn't when they want it to be. I, I want due season to be way sooner than it usually is. Um, we also talked about some things. We talked about a lot of things last week that we really didn't have time to really dig into. Um, and and there are more things we need to talk about that we could really go off and... and uh, Spend weeks on some of these things, but I really want you to listen with your heart and and understand that God has a message for you. It's easy to listen and hear. Well, Uncle Joe needs to hear this. You know. Well, you know, Uncle Joe may, but but you and I need to hear it first. And I'm I'm preaching this to myself as much as anybody else. Um, we mentioned last last time how Joshua was was warned four times in in the first uh nine nine verses of Joshua chapter one. be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Okay, I get the point. Don't be afraid. Um, and you know the reason that I'm even talking about these things at this time of year is because even though a lot of Christians might know what the Bible says. And we're talking about New Year's resolutions, making changes. Uh, a lot of people aren't walking in in the blessings, aren't walking in the victory that the Bible says is available to us as a believer. So we need to find out about that. And and you know, people are fighting the wrong the wrong fight. They're not fighting the fight of faith. And one of the things I suggested was that. Uh, a good place to look after being born again, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, is check what's coming out of your mouth. The Bible says in, in Proverbs 21:28 that life and death, actually it says death and life, are in the power of the tongue. And, and most people see that, yeah, that's a good scripture, that's, but it's, it's the absolute truth. Death and life, and we need to pay attention to what's coming out of our mouth. Now we also look at James chapter 3 and James talked about our tongue being the steering wheel of our life. Okay, he didn't actually say steering wheel. Okay, he he used examples that people understood in that day like a, a bit and bridle for a horse and and the rudder of a big ship, but the the point is uh it's the tongue that controls the direction of our life. And uh and and it takes some major mind renewal for most of us to make those changes, to change the course of our life by changing the the things that our tongue says about who we are, what we're supposed to be doing. Um, And that's why for mind renewal, we we go to Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing Of your mind, not. I heard a pastor misquote that and said, "By the removal of your mind, uh, that may help, but it's not. It's not the way to do it. Uh, By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God." I believe we are in a season where believers need to know what they believe. They need to know why they believe what they believe. And they need to be able to stand up for it, even if it's not popular. And in a lot of places, it won't be popular. You'll, you'll stand out and, and be made fun of and, and ridiculed. And, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of bad things going on. There are people dying younger than they should have, younger than they should. Uh, people are getting sick. There's this COVID thing. And and I'm not saying it's not real, but I'm saying it's it's affecting us in ways that it, sh- it doesn't have to. Um, you know, there are some people that's, that, that really believe that, uh, well, Trump needs to get back in the White House and he'll fix everything. Trump is not the answer. Now, I'm not saying don't vote for Donald Trump. I'm just saying that he is not your savior. Donald Trump is not the savior. Jesus Christ is the only one that has the answer to the problems that this nation and the whole world are going through right now. And then I, I need to read, we, we were conversing, Marta was, because she speaks Hungarian, but uh, there's a, a guy that we used to work with in Hungary who's who was going through it wasn't even a death. I don't believe it was a, just a sickness. And he started vocalizing, "How? How? Why is God letting this happen? Where is God in all this?" And there are other people that, you know, things are happening, and, and some of these things, some of these people we thought knew better than than the things they're saying. Um, but but they're saying, "Why did God let this happen? Some even, why did God cause this to happen?" You know, and and I remind them that uh, John 10:10, 10, 10, and I remind us that says that the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, "I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly." And then the Amplified to that uh, adds that they have uh, uh, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's what I'm looking for in 2022 is overflowing Amen. the overflow of, of, of God's blessings. Um, so, you know, the world's gone crazy because of a, of a pandemic, but it's, it's not a new thing. Um, check the fingerprints. If there's stealing, killing, destruction, it's pretty easy to figure out where that comes from. we just We just read it right here it's It's the enemy that's behind it in In Matthew chapter eight and mark four, and uh, those of you who have been here have that's one of my favorite uh, versions Mark four and mark five are just are just amazing all the things that Jesus uh, went through right there but in in Matthew eight and mark four, it, it, Jesus tells his disciples. Let's get in the boat, and we're going to the other side, okay? Um, And let's look at it in Mark 4. I have a hard time teaching anything without going to Mark 4 at some point. But in Mark 4, um, and I read out of the New King James most of the time. That's what I do most of my study. And I heard one preacher say one time, if it was good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's good enough for me. So that's a joke. Wait for the roar of the laughter to die down, and then I'll go on. Okay. Um, but in starting verse 35, it says, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat, and little other little boats were also with him. I've often wondered, this storm came up. There were other little boats out there. It doesn't say anything about what happened to them. But verse 37 says, A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern. Stern is Navy talk. I was in the Navy. The stern is the back end of the ship. so back end of the boat. He was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They didn't say it like that. I just read it. And you have to be careful how the King James says it. Master, carest thou not that we perish? No. They were panicked. They were they were screaming. They were they were afraid they were going to die. And so uh teacher, you, don't you care? Then verse 39 says, He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. So it went from from being a a great storm to a great calm. I mean, I, I just picture a glassy sea where you can see your reflection in it. After that, um, so uh, to a great calm. Verse forty. He said to them, "Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith?" Now, if if you read before all this, he had spent already spent a lot of time with these disciples. He's been teaching parable after parable, uh, you know, doing miraculous things, and they they didn't perform when they were supposed to in the boat. Why is it? How is it? You have no faith. And when they and they feared exceedingly, and said to one another, "Who can this be? Even the wind and the sea obey him." So it says, in in the middle of this crossing, in the the middle of the lake, this furious storm came up. And it does not say anywhere that he gave them any warning. He didn't say before they got in the boat, oh, boys, by the way, there's going to be this big storm, so don't don't be afraid. No. He just got in the boat and went to sleep. And the storm came as a surprise to to the disciples. Um, He just... He never mentioned anything like that. He just said, it's time to cross over. Let's cross over. But, and, and think about it. These guys were seasoned fishermen. They've been out on that lake before. They've seen storms, but they've never seen anything like this. And so they, they were panicked and they just, uh, thought, you know, that uh, Jesus didn't care. They said, Don't you care? He did care, but he had already told them, what he had already decreed, we're going to the other side. So Jesus, he woke up, he got up, and he he rebuked the winds and the waves, just like he was talking to a person. Now this is he spoke to those things, spoke to the elements, and they obeyed him. Um, but one of the things that, that we see here, this is not just an ordinary storm. This is a demonic storm. Um, see, Jesus was on his way to deal with a, a territorial uh, controlling spirit that was in this madman on the other side of the lake. And and maybe, now the Bible doesn't tell us this, this is me speaking, maybe... Uh, The enemy, that spirit, sensed something was coming and tried to do everything he could to to confuse people and get them discouraged and maybe turn around and and get away from here. Retreat. Um, But Jesus used authority. He spoke with authority and dealt with the storm. But at the same time, he wasn't real happy with the way his disciples reacted. He rebuked them. And saying, why, where's your faith? In other words, he was saying, I didn't say we were going over to the, over to the other side uh, for you to get panicked. Just because I, you know, I said we were going over, those words didn't change because I went to sleep in the boat. Those words are still carry the power that I spoke them in the first place. Uh, they didn't need to wake him up. Uh, they needed to wake themselves up, is basically what he's saying, and use the authority that they they already have. And I believe that's where we are today. We are going through some demonic storms. I and mean, think about it. God is speaking to His church, not not just a bunch of Different denominations. His church is the people. If you're a born again child of God, you are the church. Now the, the church also takes many different forms, but it's the people. The people are the church. And, and he's telling us, I've called you to cross over. Go to the other side. Uh, use the authority and deal with those, uh, with that demonic storm that, that you're facing right now and and take Take authority, subdue those territorial spirits and, and demonic things. Don't be intimidated because uh, those things are coming against you loud and, and boisterous. Uh, you need to break the grip of the enemy, and, and it's up to the church to, to loose people that are in bondage to these things and, and let them let them do what they're called to do. You know. We're back in 2020. 2020 doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was two years ago. Uh, The whole world got drafted. I was drafted back in in the 60s. I was uh, not taking enough credits in college, so they drafted me into the military. And uh, the whole world got drafted. They didn't ask to get drafted. I didn't ask to get drafted, but they were... We all got pulled into this battle against a virus that we know as COVID-19. And, and I believe that it's pretty clear that it's not just a natural thing we're facing. Uh, it's, it's, it's part of, it's another demonic storm. Very similar to what the disciples faced out on that boat. And the thing about it, it reveals some of the, uh, some of the main strategies of the enemy, and we're going to talk about some of those. Number one strategy is fear. And uh, fear is just, you know, there's a, an assignment of fear. You can see it in the, the panic and, and pandemonium and, and the chaos and intimidation that's going on from the news media, from from even uh, elected officials uh, giving us reports that, that are, I believe intended to, to put fear in us so that we'll will do what they want to control us to do. And uh, it's it's more than just the situation we're we're in. It's it's a spiritual assignment for the enemy to try to get the church to back off, to retreat from where it's supposed to be in the battlefield and the purpose of using fear is always control fear is always to to bring control and and you look at uh, some of the images you see on tv you see the the lines of people lining up to get tested for covid and and uh you know, and and my understanding, and I'm I'm not saying COVID is not real. I'm not saying don't get vaccinated and don't get tested. I'm saying don't be motivated by fear to do anything. Um, uh, because uh, you know, purpose, uh, fear is contagious, and uh, that's what we see. You know, I believe I believe that fear is more of a pandemic than the pandemic is. It's, it's very dangerous and, and it's causing, causing people to, to just be, uh, just going off on the wrong way to say that. Um, you know, we, we live in a neighborhood that's, is gated. And the other day we're out there, we, we go for a, a walk every day. And here it is, uh, it was about 85 degrees and, uh, the sun was out. We're in Florida. There's a man walking his dog, wearing a mask. The man, not the dog. But now, and and there's nobody within a hundred yards of this guy. But he, you know, I'm thinking, what? That's that's fear. That's that's not called for. You know, I'm. Anyway, I better say not say any more about that. But anyway. Fear is contagious. But there's something else that I believe is even more contagious, and that's faith. But we have to stop listening to the fear. It's time to get around people of faith. Because the Bible says you, you become like those you hang around. I'm paraphrasing. But you become like those you associate with. And uh, if you're associating with with the evening news and, and all that, no wonder people are, are succumbing to fear. Um, it's, you know, I, I gave a message, I believe I delivered it here, but the Lord gave me a message years ago. It was called Stand By for Heavy Rolls. And it's something that took me back to my Navy days and, and about the ship in, this, in the sea, but the whole point was uh, that the Lord showed us that we are to, to stay close to Him, stay close to His Word, and to love each other. We need each other and we need to be around people that are going to help feed the positive part of faith and not the negative part of what the world wants us to, to fall into. Um, we need to be around people of like faith. Um, the enemy's plan in this pandemic, both in, in spiritually and, and naturally, it's, it's a full on assault of the antichrist spirit to bring to pass an antichrist agenda. And the enemy's efforts have been focused on trying to get the church to back up when we're supposed to be on the advance. And last time I talked a little bit about our weapons, the weapons of our warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not natural weapons. They're spiritual weapons. But we're still supposed to fight. Just because they're spiritual doesn't mean we, we just, you know, things are automatic. We have, we're in a fight. And when we use those weapons in the right way with the right purpose, we're destined to win. Another strategy of the enemy, besides fear, uh, is trying to wear us out. I mean, we went from 14 days, let the, you know, the thing will run its course, we'll be okay in 14 days, to wearing two or three masks, to here we are in 2022 and, and they're still talking about this thing. He's trying to wear us out. Um, and that, that's, again, it's an assignment of the enemy, to wear us down, wear us out, so the enemy can take us out. Because if you, even in the natural, if you, if you get fatigued, where you're easier to, to defeat. When I was coaching football, I was always, we always pushed our kids really hard to be, to be ready to go full steam fourth quarter. We always said the fourth quarter is ours. If we can get to the fourth quarter and the game is close, the game is ours. So we pushed them hard. We, we made them run extra sprints and we, we, uh, made him work extra hard because we wanted to be, uh, full go in, in fourth quarter. And I, I'll tell you, it's, it pays out, but that's what the enemy tries. He's trying to, to wear us down. And Proverbs 24 verse 10, and this is one that I used to use with, with my athletes. Proverbs 24 verse 10, again in New King James says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And then just recently I ran across uh the same verse in the Message Bible. Now listen to this. The Message Bible says in Proverbs 24.10, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Woo, kind of stings, doesn't it? There wasn't much to you in the first place. And then Hebrews 12, starting with verse, verse 12 and 13, says, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, And make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. In other words, we can't afford to let our hands or our heads hang down or allow our legs to be weak. It's time to be ready to run. Get ready to be strong for the battle. We can't afford to be passive or fatigued in battle. And I use those analogies a lot when I was coaching because it's, we look, we approach it as, as a battle because it is. Life is a battle. The children of Israel had God's promise. You've got the promised land. You know, the promised land is yours. You just go in and possess it. Okay, sounds easy, doesn't it? But that's when God told Joshua four times, "Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous." Uh, it means there was a fight ahead. Even though they had the promise, there still was a fight. They had to fight. And and they would fight, and God would fight for them, not instead of them, but for them, and they would possess their promised land. And the word possess, this is interesting, the word possess in Hebrew means to Possess by dispossessing or driving out the previous inhabitants. Now, think about that in terms of, of where we are today. Uh, in other words, receive your inheritance or, of promise by driving out anyone who's not supposed to be there. It's not a time to be discouraged, be without courage, or to be weary in, in doing what's right. Now, one more tactic of the enemy is to make us believe that it's over. That there's no use in, in even trying, because there's, I mean, he's going to win, there's no hope. Uh, and he just tries to overwhelm us with, with waves of hopelessness. But the truth is, our God, I mean, go through the Bible, our God loves to come through in impossible situations. In fact, I heard one preacher say one time, I think God loves drama. You know, because he, you know, you think about Moses. Uh, I mean, Moses was, was facing impossible things almost every day. But the one that sticks out in my mind is here they are at the Red Sea. And they've got the sea in front of them. And Pharaoh's army behind them. There's no place to go. And at the last minute, God opens the, the sea and they, they go through on dry land. Now, that's that's cutting it pretty close. But they still win. Amen? And then there was David. Faced this guy named Goliath that was a big dude. And he was undefeated in, in killing people. He just... I mean, he challenged the whole Israeli army, send somebody out here. And David went out and spoke. Here it is, the power of words again, spoke. This day, the Lord is going to give you into my hands. And David defeated Goliath and put the whole uh, the whole enemy army on the run. Um, one of my favorite stories is Gideon. Remember Gideon. Gideon... Was kind of hiding in the, in the wine press, uh, when, when the angel came to him and told him that God had chosen him. And he's, who me? You know? And Gideon had an army of 32,000 men, which was still way outnumbered, but it's way more than 300 that he ended up with. And, and the whole point in all of these, I believe God wants to make sure that everybody can see that God is in this because there's no way 300 people can beat this this huge army that's that's uh, so much more powerful than they are. Um, Elisha. Elisha is out there with his servant Gehazi and and Elisha says Gehazi uh, uh, says, "Oh, Master, we're surrounded. What are we going to do?" And Elisha said, "Well, there's more of us than there are of them." And Gehazi looks around and all he can see is me and you, buddy. And so God opened his eyes so he could see in the spirit realm and see the horses and chariots that far outnumbered the army that that they had. But it was it was a a spiritual army and and they overcame them and and. Elisha led them away like, like little helpless children. Uh, just an amazing story. And then another one is Esther, Queen Esther. We had a little Mongolian girl who lived with us in Budapest. And when we first met her in Mongolia, uh, she didn't speak any English and she didn't have any manners. She lived on the street her whole life. She just was an orphan girl. And, uh, so we were trying to teach her some manners and, and, she would eat and she'd just, you know, use her sleeve for a napkin and things like that. We tried to be positive with her and we would say, Queen Esther, you wanted to build her up. Queen Esther, don't do that. Queen Esther, oh, don't do that. I'm thinking we're being positive and one of our board members came for a visit and uh, came over there and we said, uh, introduce yourself to the man. My name is Queen Esther, don't do that. So that was her name. She has two children and lives still lives in Budapest right now. But anyway, uh, but even with, with Esther in the Bible, it every, it looked like it was too late. It was impossible. Uh, I could be killed by going in there and, and uh, if the king doesn't accept me. But she said, if I perish, I perish. Wow, what an attitude. If I perish, I perish. I believe I have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. I believe you are in the kingdom for such a time as this. This is a time in history like none other that any of us have ever seen. So, uh, you know, because she had such faith, she overcame this 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 horrible decree, maybe it was a mandate, <laughs> that that she basically saved Basically saved her whole nation. So, uh, it's, it's time, like Esther, for the church to rise up and make an appeal to heaven. And, uh, you know, I won't even mention Daniel and, and those lions. I guess I just did, didn't I? Daniel and, and the lions, or, or, uh, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and that, and that furnace. Impossible. Those things are, are just, without God being in that, those guys are not even, they, we wouldn't be reading about them at all. But I believe God wants everybody to know that, that these things, and I believe it's happening now, He's, He's getting us to a point where something is about to happen, where it is going to be so obvious that God is in this, that it, you know, it, it doesn't, uh, doesn't matter about the size of your army or who's in in office right now it's god who is going to get this taken care of god said he was well before they he wants to convince you that it's over before you even get started and he's real good at making things sound like well i should listen to that 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 sounds logical that's why we need to be close to the word we need to have the word in us, and and not just leave it up to the pastor or the teachers to to be in the Word for us. Uh, you have to get it in for yourself. We try to head you in the right direction, but uh, the church is always the determining factor in these things. Uh, God says He's going to have a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, and He told us to occupy. Till he comes, occupy till he comes. That means take care of business till he comes. And, and the Bible says, if, if his people pray and turn from their wicked ways, he'll hear from heaven and heal the land. And I'll tell you, the land needs some major healing right now. Amen. Um, but Jesus said he will he will uh, build his church. And we, the church, would be given the keys to the kingdom. We'd have power to prevail against the enemy, prevail against the gates of hell, and open the gates of heaven. In the book of Daniel, Daniel declared that there would be a time when it felt like the enemy was winning. It kind of feels like that's going on now. It feels like, the enemy's got way too big of a grasp on the things that are going on. Um, but then he said a decree would come from the Ancient of Days that would loose favor on the saints. Loose favor on the saints of the Most High so they could take the kingdom. We declare every day, Marta and I, we are surrounded with favor as with a shield. Favor is—I mean, favor is one of the most valuable things you can possess, and it's—it's at your—you uh, can have it. So this is not a time to shrink back, not a time to give up, but it's time to advance God's kingdom. That's what Jesus taught more than anything else was about the kingdom. He taught it so much that the disciples thought it was coming any minute now. It'll be surely. You know, it could be this week, for sure, before the end of the year, we'll, we'll have the kingdom. They had the, the total wrong picture of what the kingdom was that Jesus was bringing. But, uh, it's, it's time to stand up and stand up for God's purposes and, uh, and to be the overcomers that the Word says we are. We are overcomers. We need to stand up and start acting like it. And it's time, you know, don't run away. It's time to cross over and to defeat the strategies of the, of the enemy. And, and like David did with Goliath, run to the battle. Because God is with us. And if God is with us, who can be against us? Now, before we close, and as we step into a new year, we're, we're the second day into it, I know most people hearing this are born again, but I need to ask, how's your life going? Ever get to, to a point where you, where you thought, you know, if I could start over, I would do a few things different. Don't raise your hand. But, you know, I've, I've thought that before I was born again. Um, but Jesus actually made it possible for that to happen. And that's his gift to us. He paid the price for all of your sins, for all of the mistakes that you made. And uh, that's the reason he came to earth. That's the reason he was born, uh, so you could start over. Amen? So, maybe you've made some terrible mistakes. I don't know of anybody who hasn't. But it's, it's, you can put that behind you. Uh, you can make a new start. Romans 10 and chapter 9, I mean, t- chapter 10, verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then verse 13 of, of Romans 10 says, "Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved." And you're saying, Jesus, I'm turning my life over to you. From this day forward, I'm yours. And and what better time to turn your life over, uh, over to Jesus, turn it around, and uh, start a new year. So right now, wherever you are, if you're watching online, um, you can give your life to Jesus. And uh, let's pray. Father, we declare that we will not shrink back or be controlled because of fear or intimidation. We ask you for strength in this battle. Help each one of us to understand our role in battle as we press forward to victory. No matter what it might look like right now, you can cause things to shift in the battle and we will see healing come to our land. We declare that we are bold and courageous, ready to run. And do it even with joy, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us, and uh, have a good year. Amen.